When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Win a Hilux and Camper on 15 May and support your local footy club. Visit ignitehq.com.au. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Oh, yes, yeah, certainly is. Uh, crunch time brought to you by Ignite HQ. And as you heard uh, before, winner Hilux with Ignite HQ on the 15th of May. You can call the show, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Now, just remember that you set the agenda. We go to where you want to go. So you set the markers and we just follow in behind those. The call on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Text 0457. 736-736. You can tweet us at 1170SEN. We welcome our listeners across the SEN network. Perhaps you're listening on 1170SEN in Sydney, 1620am on the Gold Coast, uh, maybe through your digital radio in Queensland. You're driving along, bopping along to uh, crunch time in Brisbane on SENQ. We welcome our listeners belatedly on the podcast. and You can download the SEN app and listen to crunch time anytime anywhere. Now, a man who has been here in the crunch time seat many, many times. He's a three-time world champion, four-time Commonwealth Games gold medalist, but a very disappointed man after the Raiders finally held on to win in a second half at a half-time lead against his beloved Bulldogs, the great missile, James Magnuson. G'day. Yeah, I've stooped in today. I'm very disappointed. My head's down. But on another note, I missed you, Joel. Yeah, I haven't seen I've you in two you. weeks. Yeah. I've missed you. Uh, as you pack up the man who was once humble from Port Macquarie, uh, moved to Dremoyne, staying on the west of Sydney, but now is a latte sipper from Bondi. <laughs> anyway, we move on to our next guest. I'm very excited to have this man because I think he could play a big part in crunch time as we move forward. The great Adrian Prezenko, Chief Rugby League Reporter for the Sydney Morning Herald, Walkley Award winner to the power of two, but a first-time crunch timer. Adrian, good afternoon. Yes, thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to it. Now, just for those who don't know, Adrian, uh, Walkley Award winner. Now, is that the composite of writing many, many good articles? Is it the subject of writing a powerhouse article? How do you win a Walkley Award? It's a powerhouse article, Joel. Yes. So um, I've been fortunate a couple of times. Uh, the salary cap scandals, both with Melbourne and Parramatta, uh, were big stories that I covered at the time and uh, just happened to be at the right place uh, when it all happened. And wow. Every now and then, particularly with the Parramatta one, there was a, a situation where I, I got some documents in a car park. Like it wow. was very, yes, it was <laughs> oh, literally good. in a car park and someone's pulled up and the window's gone down. Is that right? And someone's passed me and just said, we never met and... You know, wow. it sort of all stemmed from there. So. Was it Stephen Dank? <laughs> it the was gazelle? Not, the gazelle? No, it was not the gazelle. Uh, I didn't have to go in a 100-metre race with it, whatever, as uh, some of the manly staff have done in the past. But, yeah, it's sort of – you so see cool. it in the movies yeah. and you just think, well, that's, they don't yeah. teach you that stuff in journalism school, do they? I, I was a, I've shared this story before. I was a journalist for a matter of four hours, right? <laughs> I, 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 I was at a barbecue and a mate of mine, he said, mate, who was, who was best mates with a Canterbury board member – we're on the source and, and rest in peace. They actually had uh, they had 
yesterday, the memorial race, the Adam Hagen Memorial in Wagga. And it was Hagues who told me, he said, mate, I can tell you now, everyone thinks Ivan Cleary is going to Penrith. He said, but I've spoken to, insert blank, and he's actually signed with Canterbury. Right? I, I said, <laughs> what a scoop. I, I, said, wow. I, I, said, I said, are you, are you fair to him? He said, mate, I promise you, everyone thinks he's going to Penrith. He's going to Canterbury. I said, right. So forgot about it after about an hour, right? I'm on the phone, right? And I jump on Twitter, which I should never do on the source. And I said, everyone thinks that Ivan Cleary is going to Penrith. But mark my words, he will be a bulldog at the kennel next year. Ivan Cleary to the Bulldogs. You've heard it for something along like that, right? <laughs> and this was at about probably 7 p.m. when I posted it, right? Yeah. Get back on the source. We're dancing to 80s music, right? <laughs> at 11 o'clock, I have got probably a missed call from yourself as well. I had <laughs> I had missed call from Buzz, from Brent Reed, from oh, Dean Ritchie, wow. from probably yourself, Adrian. Bang, 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 bang. I'm going, oh, what's happened here? And then I check social media and people are reposting it saying, he gets good mail, this will be on the mail, bang, 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 bang. And from a journalist's point of view, mm. a lot of the journos have probably had filed their story about him going to Penrith and now starting yep. to second guess themselves. Mm. And I woke up, A, with a hangover <laughs> and B, thinking, geez, I hope I'm right. Geez, <laughs> <laughs> I hope wow. I'm right. And then a few hours later... Uh, Penrith announced that uh, Ivan Cleary is going to Panthers. <laughs> I felt so sick, and I thought, how do you guys you, do that? Well, firstly, did you play the old, my, my phone's been hacked? <laughs> yeah. 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 So it is It is a very um, Donald Trump move, tweeting when yes. you're drunk. Oh. Conor McGregor does it now. No, I can't hey. say I'll never do it again, <laughs> or haven't done it in the last week. But the pressure to just drop something, particularly... It's, those bigger stories. It's horrible too. And the news cycle has changed so much in that before, you used, there used to be sort of a rhythm and flow to your day where you'd come in, you'd have a coffee, you'd have a, a you know, couple of couple of phone calls and you'd sort mm. of think, okay, this is where I'm heading today. Whereas you're on deadline all the time now yeah. and, and there's this real immediacy. You have to be first and, and you have to be right, ideally, as, yeah. You, yeah. as you know. So, yeah, like there's, I, I think one um don't tweet at all. Like I, I just my boss hates it. If if there's a big breaking story and I tweet it before I've posted in the Sydney Morning Herald, he's up for the read. So, oh yeah. yeah. So well, I never yeah, well, that's, do that. That's fair enough. Yep. yep. So so it's not about me owning the story. It's yes. about the organisation that I work yes. with. Yeah. But but when you think you've got a big one, you've just. It, I'd rather get beaten on a story than get it really wrong. Yeah. yeah. Have you so, learned the hard way? No, no doubt every journalist has got absolutely. it wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. No. There there've been a couple of times where, and the thing is, nobody. Um, Everyone gives you mail, right? And, yeah. and nobody means to mislead no. or a lot mm. of the time. And you have to trust your contacts as much as possible. Yeah. But there have been a couple of times where you just think, oh, how am I going to salvage this? Like, this is the, uh, oh, there's been a, a late and lucrative bid. There's been a <laughs> back <for> and, <laughs> and you know what? Beloved Hagues, he, he was probably right and his mail was probably absolutely spot on. Yep. But something happened. In fact, I need to speak to Ivan one day and say, oh, I actually did this. <laughs> Can you tell me what happened? Were you close to signing with Canterbury? How far did it get, et cetera? Um, so just back to the Walkley, because it's, it is a big story. How did that all play out? You know, and, and, then, and then you've got to do all your work and you go, yep, I want to pull the trigger on this. Well, there's, there's a couple of aspects. Like the Parramatta one... One, it was um, it was a, a painful, it was a bittersweet sort of time for me because I'm a long-suffering Eels yeah. fan. So mm. if it was, say, the Manly or the Bulldogs, I would have been whistling <laughs> while I yeah, worked. Yeah. Um, and, again, you, you get all of this information. And that, that was really interesting because I think if somebody cheats the salary cap and everyone gets paid, nobody knows about it. But there were disgruntled 
parties because people were running into the CEO's office going, where's my illegal cash? Yeah. Mm. Um, so all of a sudden you had player managers who were disgruntled, you had a board that was split, and it's when those cracks appear that those sorts of stories and rumours start to emanate. So you sort of try to prize your way in, find a little crack and, and see if someone's prepared to talk to you. What, and what year was that, Parowan? 2016 from memory. So, they, you, so your first walk was the storm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Did, did Para, they weren't doing that well when they were breaking the well, cap well, either, were they? This is the thing. They actually cheated the cap yeah. and came stone motherless last. <laughs> yeah, right. And you just think, <laughs> how, how, was the how would this team have performed if it was yeah, cap yeah. compliant? At least when the Bulldogs and the storm <laughs> cheated the cap, they went on big winning streaks. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. With, with the storm, you know, they took their minor premierships off them, their, their major premierships. I'm thinking, well, will they take the wooden spoon up, Parramatta, please? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, yes. Adrian Paseko, the voice you're hearing, uh, Sydney uh, yeah. Morning Herald, and the great James Magnuson. Uh, there you go. I'm, I'm fascinated by it because... There's so much pressure at stake. And and you know what? Um, Ray Hadley gave me a very, very valuable lesson back at the continuous call team. So what would happen is I would be the sideline eye. The game would finish at about 5 o'clock. I'd go and do some interviews and and off I'd go. I'm sitting in the back of the box this one particular day. And because what happens is Big Man and I would travel together, but he would finish at 6 p.m. So I'd be sitting in the box. And this next day, I get this call from Hadley. And he says, mate, um, we need to have a chat. He said, you've done nothing wrong, but it's a lesson for life moving forward. And he said, mate, you've got to appreciate, which you most certainly would in your vocation, Adrian, how important relations, relationships are. So he said, instead of you sitting up in the box, and it was quite funny, I'd have fun and Bozo and Hadley and Broman and Blocker, and it was a quite fun box to be a part of. But he said, mate, you could sit in the box and have a bit of fun. He said, but you're better off being down there making relationships, you know, meeting all the people and, you know, breaking bread with everyone down there. And you never know how that leads to you. He said, I'll tell you why. Because there was a big story that broke last night. He said, you wouldn't have got it because it happened at 7 p.m. Dean Ritchie got the story at 7 p.m. at night. Parramatta played Penrith at Parramatta Stadium. And Petro Sivanasiva was the recipient of some racial comments. Mm. So you remember that article? I remember that. It was very vicious, right? And he said, mate, you weren't going to get it anyway because we're off air at 6 o'clock and this happened at 7 p.m. That's when Dino got it. He said, but down the track, you will get this sort of information. And down the track, uh, I remember getting many, many stories. uh, Like I was told Hugh Jackman was going to be there. Everyone was saying he wasn't going to be at the field. I knew that Hugh Jackman was there. State of origin, um, knowing the right people. I could interview the Madden boys when I wasn't supposed to. You'd interview Seal when you weren't supposed to do that. And that's Mm. all because of relationships. And I think that that goes, whether you're a plumber, a builder, whatever it is, the power of relationships, and you'd find it in your business. Yeah, well, well, I've done a little bit of writing for for News Corp during the the Olympics, and I found it a really interesting kind of thing to do, to write about people that were my teammates only a year ago or two years ago. But I've I've got a good story for my first first ever article, right? So News Corp contacts me, they want, want you to write for the Olympics, about the swimming, about the Olympics as a whole. Your first article is going to be due uh, 7 a.m. the morning after the opening ceremony. So I've just done 100 days sober leading up to the Olympics. It was just something that I did after my 30th I love birthday. That. We spoke about it before. 100 mm. days sober. It ends on the, the night of the opening ceremony. So I say to a few <laughs> of my mates, come over for the opening ceremony. We'll have a few quiet ones. That's your breakout night. That's my breakout. But I've also <laughs> got an article due at 7 a.m. Yeah. So but just, just be quiet. It'll be low key. It's yeah. just the opening ceremony. So I go, I play golf that Arvo, a couple of beers on the course, 
and I really get into my work and I'm feeling it. Yeah. And I go, you know what? I'll be able to write an article in this mood. I'm, oh. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> so then the boys come around, the opening ceremony comes on, and as opening ceremonies generally are, it's pretty boring. Yeah. So attention sort of wanes for the opening ceremony, and we start smashing a few more drinks. It gets to about 3 a.m., and I go, holy hell, I've got to write my first ever article for the newspaper tomorrow. Yeah. And it was due at seven. Oh, yuck. Oh. So I start writing. The, the, the opening ceremony is still going in the you background. Ma- hey, by the way, you've made the right call to start writing while you're up, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, as, yeah, as, yeah. As opposed to setting the yeah. alarm for six. Yeah. So I'm thinking, actually, you know, as I start writing, I go, my creative juices are flowing here. I'm killing it. <laughs> I am killing it. Yeah. So I write, I write, I write. I think it's about 800 words or 1,000 words, which... For someone that hasn't written professionally, I haven't written anything since high school, no. to be honest. Mum's an English teacher, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was my English teacher, can you believe it? So a bit of pressure from, from the family to write something decent yeah. with an English teacher for mum. So I write this article, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, I don't know if this is good or not. So I'm saying to my mates, hey, can you come and sit down and have a look at this and tell me if this is a good article? Oh, yeah. A couple of them are going, I can't even see the screen right now. Anyway, I go, you know what? I'll send it off. Yeah. So by about 4.30, I send it off. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, I go to bed and, uh, I wake up at about 9am the next day. I've got about five emails from my editor saying, can you make a couple of changes? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I've just slept straight through it. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, luckily she, she was really good. She, she just made, it was, most of it was just grammatical and a few little she bits and pieces. She tidied up for me. It went to print. All was good, yeah. but uh, it, well, it probably was slightly more stressful than it needed to be. But she'd also said in the email, she goes, geez, how good are you? You got up at 4.30 to oh, write yeah. this article. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know what, and, and he hasn't wow. told you this because he's quite humble. Won a Walkley. Well, there you go. <laughs> With that you particular go. article. Uh, there uh, you go. Fa- fascinated. I am fascinated by the whole thing. And, and as you say, in back in the day, you'd have the paper the next day. Yep. So that's what you were governed to, to get to that. These yep. days, you, if it's on social media, bang, you got to go. You're on mm. deadline all of the time. So there's no sort of ebb and flow to your day. Like the second, like I'll get a text message and, you know, there'll be some sort of a drama. And the worst part is that social media means you're, you're chasing your tail a lot of the time because, not yeah. to use your yeah. example, but a lot of the stuff's on there, on there is wrong. But you've still got to make the call. They've got, the boss rings you up and goes, mate, I'm here and this is happening. And then you've got to, you know, ring... Ivan Cleary and say, well, mate, are you going to the Bulldogs? And yeah. then you, you, waste, you waste so much time chasing false information. Have you had to write an article about somebody that you were reasonably close with and you've thought, oh, no, uh, the dissonance, you know, what do I do about this? Yeah, that, that can be really hard. And, look, I, th- I think to survive in this game, you've got to play the long game as yeah. well. And sometimes it's just I'm happy to get beaten on that story rather than doing one of my contacts or, or, or I just, I'll, I'll handball this one to one of my colleagues. So that's, that's always a hard and you've got to make a, you know, a split second decision because again, you're on, you've got to do it under deadline pressure as well. So. Do you ever, do you ever have to write on something or, or a topic that, that you don't want to? Like I got a couple of curveballs during the Olympics where they said, this has happened and we need you to write about it. And I kind of thought, it's an icky subject. Like I don't want to write about icky, that. Yeah. How, yeah. How do you get around it? It's sort of funny. Like even... Yeah, it's a it's a box of chocolates, journalism. Like, for for example, like this week or just a couple of days ago, I was in the Supreme Court courtroom, seven A of the Supreme Court. There's the hearing between the New South Wales Rugby League, who have taken the ARLC 
uh, you know, to task over the whole denome as a tester, the election, all that sort of stuff. So I've, I haven't got any experience as a courtroom reporter. Mm. And I thought this will be a really fascinating experience for me because we've got a silk there. Brett, uh, uh, was it Brett Walker, I think it was SC? Um, $25,000 a day silk, the guy who's defended Cardinal George Pell. And wow. I thought this will be fascinating just to see from a theatrical point of view, yeah. like what, mm. what is a 25,000K uh, silk actually perform like? And I was expecting, I don't know, a little bit of Cleaver Green perhaps or <laughs> Harvey Specter or yeah. Harvey Specter. <laughs> but it was the, the driest, most boring thing I've ever done. And it was really, you know, itty, you know, into the nitty gritty of, you know, whether or not, you know, such and such a constitution was mm. fired yeah. or all that. And I just felt at the end of it so drained because – one, you know, your shorthand, you know, needs a bit of a workout and you clock off for just a split second and you miss the vital, the, the little catch, you know, the, the, the top of the, the pyramid sort of um, intro to the story. Yeah. And it was just, I just remember feeling just, I walked out and I just got, I, I was just buggered. Absolutely. You're doing something that's not the yeah. norm for you. So you're yeah. over-concentrating, it's yeah. draining. Did uh, you say Brett Walker? Yes. This same Brett Walker guy, the AOC employed him to do the investigation into Stillnox, paying paid wow. him twenty five a day to investigate that. Wow! And we got shown the cost because the the thing was if if we ever messed up or something again, we'd have to pay the costs of the Olympic Committee's legal fees to investigate this. It was astronomical, and I thought wow. surely you can just use someone internally rather than getting a silk yeah. to investigate a couple of 20-year-old guys who, who had a bit of fun on tour. Like, and he is his, mate, talk about a grilling. Oh. And, and not just that, because I'm sitting there and it's like the taxi meter's running. Like you, We hear so many stories about bush football, that the funds aren't going to where they're meant to go, that all of these country clubs are dying. And I'm just sitting here oh, and I'm thinking this yeah. money burning. How much yeah, yeah, money yeah, true. to have him in there? And then you've got the other side that's obviously got someone that's you know very high profile and, and mm. wouldn't come cheap either. And I'm yeah. just thinking, could we not have sorted this all out over a coffee? Like, yeah, honestly, seriously. like we, we hold the we hold the election again, we come up with some sort of a, a resolution where everyone wins and everyone feels like they're a winner. Yeah. And, and I'm just sitting here and I'm just going, what are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Let us know how you're spending your Saturday. Uh, Jake's on the text. He said, boys, I'm loving this chat, gentlemen. I'm so interested in what happens behind the curtain. Thanks for this. Yeah, no, I, I'm fascinated by it as well. Just on the country comments, have you got a view, Adrian? Like both James and I are from the country. Um, have you got a view as to the health of country rugby league? Part of me thinks it may not necessarily be a rugby league specific thing. It may be the way the country is headed at the moment, as far as the dynamics have changed a little bit. Uh, I was speaking to Nick Davis. He feels as though the AFL are also finding it very, very difficult uh, to succeed out there. Have you got a view on well, as to I, why it's struggling? I think there's a couple of things that um, the pandemic has just had such an effect on everyone. And I think, yeah, I've got young kids as well that, yeah. that are quite into sport and they haven't played sport for a while. And I think you get into the habit of not playing sport. Um, my biggest thing with my kids is getting them off their iPad and getting them active. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, forget about the, the funding difficulties, just getting kids interested in, in going outside, socialising, being with their friends. That in itself is a huge challenge, especially as they get, get into their teenage years. So I think that as much as anything is going to be a, a massive issue for, for the governing bodies of every sport. Well, they're talking about, James, now um, esports 
being yeah. Olympic events. What, what's your two bobs on that? Please, <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we had surfing and skating and, you know, all these all these sports where the Olympics is not the pinnacle. It, it, it really waters down the product, in my opinion. And I get, I get it that the... The Olympic Committee are trying to get more eyes on on the on the Olympics, and they're competing with a lot of professional sports. But for mine, it just it just waters down the product and takes away the importance of it. I I, I found it tough sitting in in the uh, Olympic Village with golfers, yeah, like because they're, <laughs> they're 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 talking about like how good's this? We're in yeah. Rio, it's a bit of a holiday, and I'm going, yeah. Well, I'm here as the pinnacle of my sport. Like this is peak performance and pressure for us and you're sitting there kicking back going we're basically on holidays yeah it's it's hard to get your head around and this is probably a, a controversial opinion but i wouldn't mind if they scale back the olympics and we had sort of athletics swimming gymnastics cycling maybe that just those core sports that are uh, that are what embodies the olympics which is faster higher stronger or, or whatever yeah. that that slogan is once you start going team sports, professional sports, and all those uh, X-game sports, I, I really don't like it. I tend to agree, Adrian, do you? Even like a sport like tennis, which is you know, a sport that I love and am, am passionate about, like people are skipping that to get their French Open preparation right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, is... An Olympic gold medal. What does that mean to a you know to a Roger Federer? I mean, is that is that another Madrid Masters title? Like, well, well, for them, really, and I think you're right, James. For them, it's just like getting the 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 five rings of tattoo on, on you to say I'm an yeah. Olympian. I've been yeah. there. But really, like, can you name the last five tennis gold medalists or golf gold medalists? And you just can't, no. can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's it's not the big names. That's why you can't name them because they don't place any important importance on it. No, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say. We better say good day to the seal, Alex the seal. How are you, mate? Nice to be with you, gents. A little bit of a, a different panel today. I'm Love it. Very excited by it. To be honest, it's been great chat to open the show, mate. As we like to do our shows here, uh, we like to represent the pub chat. So when you're in a pub with your mates. You're not just exclusively speaking rugby league for six hours. You're not just exclusively speaking sport for six hours. Your conversation goes where it needs to go. And you're part of that, the listener. So let us know, 0457 736 736. That's the text line. Uh, let us know what you want to talk about. We will get into the football, though, mind you. A break and back with more. This is Crunch Time, all thanks to Ignite HQ. After the break, we'll look back at uh, some of the football over the weekend. Martin, they will go that short side again. They've sighted opportunity, and Edwards too strong to pull back. Penrith, intentions clear, and rewarded with the first try of the Knights. From WH Pedersini, off London, Gutherson. The Parramatta offload, there's been a couple, and they've made a serious dent. In the Penrith defence, and that's not easily done. How patient will they be, Parramatta? Moses and Brown. Gutherson, nice step, great ball, great step. It's great all round for Parramatta. Madison scores it. And then the ball is bounced. It's on for Parramatta. On to the Brown. Didn't see time coming. He got it down, I guess, by his celebrations. The ball popped up. That's quite extraordinary. Back-to-back tries against Penrith. That is so rare. And Parramatta, just like that, will be eight in front.
The mighty run of the Penrith Panthers has come to an end. It has come to an end tonight in round number nine. And of all the teams, the arch rivals Parramatta yeah, that's the case. So there is thinking you can do things and knowing you can do things for Parramatta. They went so close last year. A kick from Mitchell Moses could have won it just before Origin. People were starting to question uh, whether Moses could get it done. He missed that kick. Uh, in the semi final, you had a try apiece. Capel, of course, scored in that game. He's not at the Panthers anymore. There was no Reed Marnie. A comprehensive win in the trial. I know it's only a trial, but it was a lapping there. So Parramatta turned up knowing they could get the job done, gentlemen. And, Adrian, I know that uh, you're keen on Parramatta. That was an unbelievable win, wasn't it? It was. And it was interesting at the start of the year, The um, they invited us to their uh, sort of pre-season function, the Eels, and, and Brad Arthur spoke at that. And he talked about what you just mentioned there. It was the difference between thinking you can win and knowing and truly believing that you can. And I think in order to do that, you've got to do what they did last night and this really changes the whole narrative of the NRL season because everyone's saying we've got Magic Round next week, we've got uh, Penrith versus Melbourne, and that that's going to be the grand final preview, yeah. and everyone yeah. else is wasting their time. And all of a sudden, Parramatta have beaten Penrith in Penrith. They've beaten Melbourne in Melbourne. Yeah, they've, got a, yeah. they've got a good record against both of those mm. teams. They struggle with, with some others like South that have given them some trouble over the years. But their best they know is good enough now. So it just changes the whole equation. And for Brad Arthur last night... To, yeah, he's been involved with that club for nine years. For him to come out and say, that's the best win that I've been associated with, that just builds so much confidence for that squad at a time when they're down a lot of troops. I mean, they're still without um, all of these outside Mike backs. Siva. Like Siva, Mike yeah, yeah. Siva, Wanga Blake, Murata Niakura's yeah. out, Sean Russell um, coming back through Reggie's. So they're, they're banking wins at a time when all of these guys are out. And if you look at their draw, they're going to play a lot of games at, at Bankwest or Combank as it's now called that's going to be a downhill run for them as they get into the semifinals. And the factor for them, which people aren't really considering at this point, I'll never forget, and you're a Bulldogs man, James, that that year when the preliminary final, Canterbury took on Parramatta at ANZ, I reckon there was 80,000 people there. When that blue and gold army are up and about, they're a major force. Oh, yeah. I remember early 2000s going to the Bulldogs-Parra games and they were huge crowds, huge rivalry. There was flares going off, massive fights yeah. in the crowd. But that's you want to see those clubs doing well because it's good for rugby league. The thing about Parramatta, they, I don't know if you, if you feel this as a supporter, Adrian, but they play to the level of their opposition a lot. Yep. So when they play those cellar dwellers like the, the Tigers or the Bulldogs, they really lower their standards to that team. <laughs> yep. And then they get they get up and about. Their line speed last night was crazy. I mean, I went from watching the Bulldogs Canberra game to the Para Penrith game. It was like watching two different sports. Yeah. Yeah. Um they just really rose to the occasion. We saw that the week before, didn't we? Like they, they went up to Darwin that where they've got a very good record. Um, full credit to the Cowboys because they, they've been playing excellent football and they're probably the surprise packet of the season. But clearly they didn't turn up with the same intent yeah. as they did last night. And what I thought was most interesting was that first 20 minutes after half time, where the Panthers were, were smashing them in defence and they're actually making metres with their defence. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you talk about post-contact metres, it was going the other way. They were driving Parramatta backwards. Yeah. But they absorbed the best that they had to offer and still came out, you know, when they needed to in that sort of that money period, that last twenty minutes. The, the big one for mine, Dylan Brown moving back to five eight. He was his kicking game last night, his running game. Uh, 
he's one of the inform halves in the comp. I mean, it's it spun me out that they moved him to centre, but he they looked so much better with him back in the halves, I thought. From the get-go, I've refused to buy into the fact that it's a two-team race. I've refused to buy. The reason being, people look at the form and they go, they, they look at them as if they're robots. But you saw with the Olympic Games. So the Olympic Games, with COVID having been set back, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that there is different gold medal champions now as a result of the timing mm. of that being pushed back. Yeah. So timing is absolutely everything. Yes, Penrith and Melbourne. And yes, if I had to put everything on the line for a team to win the competition, I'd take one of those two teams. But we are in May, September slash October, all the bumps and the bruises and the tackles and the runs and the origins and the COVID. games and the COVIDs. Mm. And yeah. it, it is so wide. I, I, I personally think... Manly aren't out of the race yet. You know, they can find a bit of a, a bit of a groove. Roosters, I'm not so sure about. Uh, Cronulla Sharks most certainly are in the race. Yeah. Parramatta have shown, and you mentioned the feats of having beaten Penrith at home, having beaten Melbourne at home. It's game on. It is truly game on. And motivation is a major key. When you come to September, there is reason for Parramatta to be more motivated than any other team in the competition. Mm, you agree it, with fe- that? it felt like really good timing as well, though, for Penrith to have a loss. Ivan Cleary's not there. Again, they've got a few injuries as well. Melbourne next week. Yeah, it just felt like watching it, and if I was a Panthers supporter, which I most definitely am not, (laughs) uh, I'd be be somewhat glad that they've had a loss at this point in the season. So we're not talking about this monumental run of wins and home game wins because that really brought Melbourne unstuck last year, I think. It was they, they were up, 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 and they never had that dip. Yep. It, it just felt for mine watching it that, that was an opportune time for Par- uh, for Penrith to have that loss this year. Adrian, this fellow Isaiah Yo, mm. uh, they had a loss, yes. They had a loss. Uh, David Middleton, and I, I thought, oh, hello. So Mido, who's all over it, it was a great stat. He yep. said that it was a record. Isaiah Yo had won 48 Wow. of his past 50 premiership games. And I said that to my kids. I gave them a challenge. It is phenomenal. This is the NRL. This is not under eights, right? This is 48 of 50 premiership games, right? And two of them, well, they're in finals. Both of them were finals. There was the 2020 grand final versus Storm, the 2021 qualifying final versus South. So in 51 games now, he picks up his third loss. He lost by six. He lost by six. And last night, he lost by two. He, he is some leader, isn't he? And when he's in the New South Wales team, they win as well, don't yeah. they? Mm. Yeah. It's um it's incredible. I think did Michael Crocker not have a very similar effect in That's Melbourne? Right. Yeah. Um and I don't know what his record would be, and I'm sure Mido would be able to yeah. help us out with that. But isn't it incredible that some people, not only are they good players, but they make everyone around them play better. And Michael Crocker was certainly one of those guys. Isaiah Yo as well. I mean that that perfect link between the backs and the forwards, um, so much skill, yeah. huge motor. Um, you know, and just tangentially a little bit, guys, I mean, we've got this, you know, grand final supposed preview in Magic Round. Is it strange that we're playing this game in Brisbane? Yeah. Like, seriously, I mean, is that not a game that you would want in one of the heartlands, either Mm. Melbourne host it or Panthers host it? Is Magic Round not a big enough event of itself to not have to have this game where you've got neutral supporters coming in to what is one of the most anticipated games of the season? it's It's the Saturday night. Last last game of the night as well, I think. So I don't, they're obviously trying to keep the crowd there all night. But it is a sellout. But I, I tend to side with Adrian. It would be regardless, would it not? Well, or, or yeah. close enough too. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it does. I, I totally agree with you, Adrian. Where it does feel like a little bit, 
you're burning a blockbuster when I you reckon. don't need to. Yep. I reckon. Yeah. And you're burning it on a Saturday night as well, which isn't necessarily the biggest TV audience. I'd be going Sunday Arvo, 4 p.m. in Penrith or in Melbourne. Dry track. Like, yeah. that would be It would huge. be a huge event in either of those places. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, this, by the way, too. So, Crocker, uh, three seasons with the Melbourne Storm, 40 wins, four losses. Wow. And, and Isaiah Yeo is even better than that. That's saying something, mm. isn't That's it? massive, isn't it? And I remember mm. that now. I forgot all about that uh, do, Crocker do you Do you have Isaiah Yeo walk-up starter at 13 for New South Wales? Oh, for Australia. Yeah. And then oh, what, yeah. Murray so, so in the Cam- back Cam- row? Murray slot him in the second row? I think so. What do you think? Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I don't love Murray as a back rower. Um, I, if if I'm not playing him starting 13, I'd almost rather him off the bench. But I think you, I think it's one of those cases where we've got so many good locks at the moment. You just got to fit them in the team. You have you have to pick them both, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah I have to pick them both. Absolutely. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Abby Corusier, uh, very very good last night. Uh, to the point, my boys are saying I'm going to play like Abby tomorrow. So um, yeah, <laughs> the race is on. He's going terrifically well. Uh, Damien Cook though, he's in some decent form as well. Moses and Gutherson, so uh, terrific. They've been had terrific seasons. Uh, both Moses and Gutherson. Uh, here's what they had to say last night. To do it here in front of their home crowd, sell out crowd, and how good their record is here to um, you know, get that win is, is, is massive for us. Oh, even the try that, that he had to come up with to score, we were, obviously we're upset that they scored, but the, 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 the footy that they had to come up with to get across our line is something that we were proud of. And um, to keep turning our way, and we just competed. We competed better than them tonight, and that's what we wanted to come here and do. But even if we didn't get the result, we wanted to compete well, and we definitely did that. We just didn't do anything we wanted to do. We didn't compete. Uh, we didn't. We didn't stick to the plan. And all we practiced this week, we we just wanted to get back to working hard. And all we did on Thursday was just play a couple of competing games and, and get back to having fun. And uh, I think it showed tonight. Yep, uh, it certainly did. So they're up and about, the Parramatta fans. Uh, Steve writes, I'm pumped, big time sugar man. I've been on my toes since full time and I can't wait to smack the roosters this week. He also goes on to say that a packed Belmore in the 80s was probably the best atmosphere that he has seen. Plenty of text messages which we'll scoop up very, very shortly. Keep them coming through. 0457 736 736. Uh, This one here um, from Mark, he says, uh, what does Adrian think next year when there is 17 teams? Who's going to miss out playing Magic Round? And what hasn't been spoken enough about enough is probably missing out on Anzac round as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all the four the four Queensland teams have to play, don't yes. they? The Dolphins will be front and centre of that. Um, and does the team that miss out, do they need to be compensated, whether it be financially? Because I think they get, what, about 250 large to, to go up oh, and, um, really? at the moment. So, wow. so there's a, a consideration there financially. Mm. Spooner, so, the Spooners, wooden Spooners. The, the, low, well, the lower could, Sydney team, is that what you're thinking? Or? Well, well, nah, Newcastle. You can have the buy that yeah. win. <laughs> so, Scotty Sattler had a novel idea yesterday. He said, it's got to kick off on Thursday. You were mentioning the opening ceremony. He said, we've got to have a, a flag bearer 
who's the <laughs> who's the people's player. You know, like you'd have Alfie Langer out there, or you might have Alan Tung for Canberra. So they're the flag bearer leading the charge, and then you've got to float like Mardi Gras. So you might have a a, a big Viking ship for the Canberra Raiders. You might yeah, have a, yeah. a pool with eels swimming in it for the for the Parramatta Eels. And and I thought, oh, that's not a bad idea. It's actually a good way to um, keep some interest in dead games. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, a little while ago there was a talk about like a wild card weekend. Yes. So that um, instead of just the, the top eight, you'd have, you know, the, the guys in uh, positions sort of nine and ten potentially playing off for an extra yes. spot in the playoffs. And I put that to Andrew Abdo recently. I said, well, it probably doesn't work under the current arrangement, but what about when the Dolphins come in? And he said, no, the, the broadcasters are happy. We're happy with what it is. But maybe that's the way to do it. The the, the spooner ends up missing out on Magic Round. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that. Uh, i tell you what, I, um, just on the wild card thing, I'm a supporter of it. And the very first text you'll get will be, why are we rewarding mediocrity? Well, my answer to this is the wild card is actually not part of the finals. So if you're finished, so let's say you finish seventh, right? So the top six go immediately through. And then seven, eight, nine, and ten play off in the wild card round. So we're actually not rewarding mediocrity. We're actually punishing mediocrity because all of a sudden, when you finish seventh, you've got to win five games. And if you can't beat team ten, then you are bloody mediocre and you're not mm. participating in the finals. And the reason I like that is in the case of, say, for example, Manly limp home and run ninth or tenth, and hypothetically you haven't had turbo for three quarters of the season. Now you've got turbo back then they probably are in the best eight teams. That's why I support uh, the finals. And the top six are the ones rewarded who immediately go through. The top six get the week off to freshen up for injuries and whatnot. And it's the teams that are, are mediocre being seven, eight, nine, ten, who are asked to earn their position into the finals. So you're not part of the finals. You're part of the, the um, wildcard round. Rapid charge. I, I think there's... You need to, especially now we're moving to a 17-team comp, we need to have a look at that final structure. Because a couple of years ago, you'll remember, the, the top eight was cut and dried really early, like yes. about yeah. six or seven weeks before. Yeah. And there were so many dead games. Dead rubbers. And yeah. people were, were switching off. 100%. So yeah. You have to somehow find a way to engage them so that those dead games, they mean something. Yes. So when the, with the NFL, you have 17 rounds. The longer the competition you have, and we have a long competition in the rugby league, 24, 25 weeks, the gap is going to be bigger. Therefore, you're going to have dead rubbers earlier in the piece. So that's mm. why I like the wild card round. Mm. Purely for the fans, it keeps things interesting. It keeps games live. That's why I like that. Anyway, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Keep the text messages coming through. We need to uh, keep on to those. Uh, that's why I don't like the, the playoff for fifth. Oh, I'd like a playoff for fifth. Yes, I get what you're saying there. Uh, I do agree with that one. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. We may talk about the 18th team as well because that's inevitable. Where do you think the 18th team should be? We'll talk more about that. Adrian Prezenko in the chair. So to the great missile, James Magnuson. And this is Crunch Time. Brought to you by Ignite HQ. Win a Hilux with Ignite HQ on the 15th of May. A breaking back with more. Uh, plenty of text messages coming through. Afternoon, gents. I certainly won't blame the competitors, but the Olympics are struggling when you have to have mothers in SUVs picking up their kids after events and taking them to Maccas to celebrate. And as for esports <laughs> coming in, fair dinkum. Oh, yeah, talk about cringeworthy. <laughs> Regards, Rooster Muzz. Yeah, that's the, that's quite the... Well, they had 12-year-olds winning the skating in that, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it's getting dicey. Like, I agree with him. Yeah. Um, Packed Lockhart Oval is the best. And uh, thank Adrian for breaking the power story. Uh, says Irvy. There you go, Irvy. Obviously a Tigers fan. Yes, correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. Uh, speaking about breaking stories, do you remember your first ever published article? 
Yeah, I do actually. I was uh, I was studying. Uh, I was doing a communications degree at UTS, and we had to do something about the local area for one of the local rags. And um, I did it about a night at the dog. So I went to Wentworth Park with uh, with one of my colleagues, and we basically had a night there, placing bets, talking to the punters, and that was the first experience for me. One at, at Wentworth Park, and then getting something um, published and seeing your byline for the first time, which was a huge thrill. And the funny thing is, it's the dogs have always had a, a bit of a special place in my heart because when we were going to school. Uh, sort of in year year twelve, it was the only place that we could get into underage. Oh, yeah. We could actually have some fun, have a pun, and maybe sneak a little shandy in as well. Yes. There's a bit of a, yeah. a, a, a um, theme here. Everyone's first story was posted on the source. Your tweet, yeah. my Olympic story, Adrian <laughs> was on the source of the dog. Too. I'll tell you a really, I'll tell you a tourist, really quick story. Right, so I was from the country, and, and a few schoolmates went to the dogs. And when we left, there was a bloke who lived in a caravan park, and he was MAD. So we cu- we come back right. And he goes, oh, hang on, boys. I've just got to get something for the survey for mum. So he goes in and he gets a carton of eggs, right? Mm. So anyway, he comes out with a carton of eggs. And we're walking back to the mate's house. We're all having a sleepover. And there's this party going on at this particular house. And this guy grabs his carton of eggs, runs around to the back of the party, opens up the back door, and just shovels every egg <laughs> into this party. And we had no idea. Next thing you know, he comes running out. And we're being chased by about eight blokes as a knife and everything. Oh, so, wow. so we find our way into uh, a backyard and we're jumping, jumping, jumping. And for, th- for three weeks, I'm going around just paranoid about these partic- particular people who chased us <laughs> wanting to kill us. So, so be careful who you hang around, particularly when you go to the dishes. one 1170 is the way to have your say. Uh, we might have a quick break and back with more. <laughs> Yeah, it certainly is, and a life will change, or lives may change tonight, because the Tab Million Dollar Chase is on tonight, and from Greyhound Racing, New South Wales, Simon Orchid is joining us on the line. How are you, Simon? Fantastic, Sugar. Cannot wait to get out to Wenty Park tonight, mate, where someone will become a millionaire, and we've even got a punter who may be able to win a million bucks as well, so... Uh, get on down to Wenty Park tonight. As soon as you scan that ticket through the gate, guys, you go into the draw to draw one of a hundred envelopes. If you can pick out the million dollar envelope, a punter will walk home with a million dollars cash as well. How good is that? Wow! So the, you, you get drawn out of the hat, and then you've got to have a stab. There's hundred envelopes. You pick. There's one that's got envelopes. a million bucks in it. One's got a million bucks. Wow. Worst case, you walk away with ten grand. You can head straight across to the Star or wherever you want to. Feature tonight, King's Cross, if that's still open. Beautiful. You can have the time turn of your in, life. With turn it into a million. Good. Or the what? money back special. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was the show? What was the show where you got to choose the briefcase? Oh, deal yeah, or no deal. Deal or no deal. deal, or no deal. deal. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. a bit like deal or no deal. The uh, uh, Andrew O'Keefe's yeah, had a bit of a fall yeah. from Grayson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bad example. Uh, <laughs> no deal for him. <laughs> yeah, bad example. My apologies. Uh, righto, Simon, take us through the night. Uh, it's going to be a massive one. It's had a lot of press too, so that's fantastic for the greyhound industry. Yeah, it sure is. We've been all over the place this week, fellas. Daily Telegraph's done a few yarns. Fox Woody's come on board as well. So that's the beauty of tonight. You can watch the Million Dollar Chase live straight after the Knights-Cowboys game. The way the Knights have been going, that'll be over at halftime anyway. So you can just settle in (laughs) and enjoy the rest of the night. The Million Dollar Chase will go off just after 9 o'clock tonight. So you can jump on there from the footy, 9.50 p.m. tonight, that race is. And look, it's all about She's a Pearl. She's currently a $1.40 favourite, so I'm not going to tell everyone to jump in and bet because uh, she'll probably win. But look, if she can win her 12th race row, she'll not only take home a million bucks, but she'll officially be crowned the best greyhound in Australia. 
Uh, the Lords who train this dog have three in the race, so they've got a three and eight chance of winning a million. And, you know, for battlers like us, you know, a million dollars is a lot for the missile. That's just what's rolling around in the middle of the car. It's <laughs> at the moment. Uh, um, so, yeah, look, there's a, there's a lot happening, fellas. It's a huge night. Not only have we got the million dollar chase, we've got a $100,000 race for the Masters. We've got a $25,000 race for the million dollar chase consolation. There's 50 grand up for grabs in the gold cup. So there's just money getting thrown all over the place. And Greyhounds New South Wales have done a wonderful job to put this on for the participants tonight. This is our grand final. This is our Olympics. So I cannot wait to get out there tonight. Hey, Simon, uh, I uh, dreams are free. That's one of my favourite sayings. This story around Zambides. So Zambides, right, so in the semi-final was not part of the field. And correct me if I'm wrong, Simon, was not part of the semi-final field. There was a scratching. So they undenied. Do we put Zambides in the field? Probably can't win it. They decided to put it into the semi-final wins the semi-final, and now it's in the final for the million-dollar chase. Is that right, Simon? <laughs> yeah, you're spot on. Christos Arletos, the trainer, uh, yeah, got a call the morning of, and they said, look, do you want to go in this semi-final tonight with a chance to get through to the final? And he actually ummed an art and wondered whether he should... But here he is tonight, racing for a million bucks. He was very understated after winning the semi-final. It's only the dog's seventh race tonight, so it's still a youngster. Uh, but as I said, that trainer, Christos Arletos, he said, look, worst case, I run eight and I get 10 grand. Wow. So best case, he's a millionaire in a little over, well, a little under, sorry, 12 hours from now, he could be walking away with a million bucks. He's the roughie of the field. Don't think he can do it, but stranger things have happened. Stephen Bradbury uh, didn't yeah. think he'd win an Olympic gold <laughs> medal as well, didn't he? Correct, Amundo. Well, they didn't expect to win the semi-final. That happened. So, uh, just before you go, hopefully there's two million millionaires tonight. It's the winner of the million-dollar chase and, of course, the fan who draws out the envelope. Uh, give us your trifecta, please, Simon, in the million-dollar chase. Yeah, look, I think if you're going to have a bet, you've got to, bo- uh, you've got to put uh, She's a Pearl one out, so the four on top. And then the one and the five, I reckon, in that sort of order. Uh, either way, I'd flex you them up so you can get... Four, one and five, which is Coast Model and Good Odds Cash. That's the trifecta for the Million Dollar Chase tonight. Our best bet comes up the race before. Race eight, number two, Fernando Hunter, owned by Brenton Abdullah, who a lot of uh, horse people out there would know, the little jock. He'll be hopefully on track uh, to cheer home his fella as well. So race eight, number two, the best. She's a Pearl's going to win the Million Dollar Chase if if she has even luck, and we're looking forward to a huge night on the track. Hopefully we can get 10,000 down there. But someone can walk away with a million bucks. As well. That would be very, very cool. Uh, Wenny Park, well positioned for the city. So get in there, watch the races. You can head into the city if you so wish or go there beforehand. Simon, it is your grand final, mate. Uh, I know you and the team have worked so hard to pull it all together. It looks set to be an absolute outstanding night. So congratulations on that already and all the best for tonight, Simon. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great day, everyone. Hooroo. Yep, uh, it is the world's richest greyhound race. The Tab Million Dollar Chase is on tonight. A break and back with more. Plenty more still to come on Crunch Time. Adrian Prezenko and James Magnuson, the missile. And after this, Parramatta fans, Regan Campbell-Gillard. Yeah, Crunch Time brought to you by Ignite HQ. Win a Hilux with Ignite HQ on the 15th of May. You lead the charge here, one 1170 Text 0457-736-736. And you can tweet at 1170SEN. Adrian Prezenko, James Magnuson, the Missile Boys. Uh, good news coming through. My daughter played her first ever rugby league game today. Mm. And so I jumped on the phone to see how she went. Dad, I got a double, she said. 
And then my son chimes in. He said, yeah, you've got to double in defence as well. <laughs> um, so apparently she let a couple in. So anyway, a bloke... Does she, does she, take, after, the wash. Does she take after Dad in the attack or oh, defence? <laughs> I've, I've told you blokes about my step. I was very, very good at stepping when I was defending. Don't worry about that. Uh, in the meantime, this bloke had an outstanding game. In fact, he's had an outstanding season so far. The great Regan Campbell-Gillard of the Parramatta Eels. G'day, Regs. Hey, mate. How you going? Well, mate, more importantly, how are you going? You must be glowing after such a big event last night. Yeah, mate, we're pretty uh, pretty happy and pretty stoked to obviously get the win. Um, it's probably been a frustrating, you know, season to um, to start with, with just the inconsistency of football. But, um, yeah, we're, we're pretty happy with that performance last night. Well, mentioning earlier, in life, sometimes you think, sometimes you know. You, you blokes turned up knowing you could do it. You had the kick last year to win the game. Yes, it didn't go your way. Last year, you had the final try piece. No, Reed Marnie. You were so good against them in the trials. Um, you know you can beat Penrith, and now you absolutely know after last night. Was there a mentality turning up last night that you felt maybe it was time? Um, no, I think all week we just spoke about just competing and um, I thought we did that really well last night and uh, we know when we come up against you know the top four teams we have to be playing our best football and um, yeah probably over the past probably two two three seasons we've been playing really good football against against Penrith and uh, they've been the benchmark across the whole uh, competition both attack and defense and um, yeah, it was just probably very pleasing that we could um, put in a, an 80-minute 80, 80 uh, performance and, and get the win. Regan, James Magnuson here, mate. Congrats on the win last night. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated as a fan by line speed. Uh, to, to mine, to the, to the naked eye, it looks like something driven just purely by desire. When it comes to line speed, you're probably one of the best in the comp at it. Is it something that you talk about during the week? Is it something driven by the coach? Is it a strength and conditioning thing because you're fit enough to keep rushing off the line every time? Or is it someone in the team that drives that during the game? Where does that come from? Um, yeah, pretty much all those factors that you just said, mate. Um, yeah, you need line speed uh, for the full 80 minutes. It's obviously a, a conditioned thing as well, so... Um, it's just making sure you, it's, you know, the first two, three steps is pretty much your line speed. So um, if you can get off straight uh, very quick, then the, the, the rest of the metres uh, pretty much make up very easily um, under your feet. It's just pretty much comes naturally to you. So, um, yeah, it, it is a fatigue thing as well. It's, 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 one, it's one thing that's pretty hard to... Um, you know, to keep doing for the full 80 minutes, but um, that's why you have all those um, you know coaches in in place to to obviously drive that. But um, yeah, it's something that you pretty much do. Um, you know, it's like a second nature thing. So, Regan Adrian Prezeko from the Herald, congrats on the win. To to take down Penrith that have had such an incredible run at that ground, you you've got to overcome some adversity and, and you had to do that with the uh the kick out knock on decision or, or no decision as the case was in, in uh last night. There was also a bit of talk that there was a bit of sickness in the camp as well. Can you tell us did that was that sort of playing a bit of a factor during the week in your preparation? Uh, yeah. Um I was one of those blokes with the sickness. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, about five of us that didn't train. Uh, all week, so um, we just kind of got struck down with the, the man flu, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that it's, um, you know, it's going to happen. And 
uh, yeah, kind of felt a little bit, um, you know, not all there last night during the game, but, um, you know, for the boys that were struck down with illness, like it was a pretty good performance that they could get out there and, um, you know, put in for the team. And, um, yeah, we've got a bit of a long turnaround now to, to make sure we get right for next week. And, um, yeah, just a just a all-round, um, you know, like good performance from, from everyone. 6th of June, 2018, that's your last rep game. And there's a growing sense that four years to the day, just about, you may just be back in that sky blue colours. Uh, Regan, how are you feeling about that? Do you feel like you're ready to get back in the rep jumpers? He's a shoe-in, Joel. Shoe-in. <laughs> well, he, One I of the first like picks. Yeah, 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 absolutely. With Junior Paulo, I dare say. I'm always ready for the opportunity. You know, it's, if, it, if it comes up, then you know, I'm more than happy to take take that opportunity so um yeah my main focus is always with Parramatta first and, and making sure that you know I'm doing my part and, and doing you know my best for that team and, and making sure the team's going well first and then yeah and then if, part, if something, part if something, two if pounding comes, Queenslanders yeah. into the earth yeah, yeah <laughs> hey gentlemen just look up here so there's a doco uh you boys know the doco that I'm looking at here uh, yeah, the, the Jordan called, one, the last dance. The last dance. Uh, that's being shown in the screens here in the studio at the moment, Regan. Is there a little bit last dancey feel about the Parramatta Eels? Reed Marnie's leaving the club. You've got Murata Nakore leaving the club. You've got uh, Isaiah Papali leaving the club. Do you feel like this is a year, boys, we've got to have a massive tilt? Is there a kind of sense about that? Oh, I wouldn't say it's the last dance, but, yeah, we, we have spoken about it. I, I, do, I do feel that um, this is the year that, um, you know, we can do it. And also we have all those players and, and boys that are leaving and, and boys that have re-signed. So it's um, a year that we really want to try and make it special. And, um, yeah, I, I feel those boys are really driving the, the you know, the willing to win and to, to make sure that we're, our performances are, are turning up, you know, turn up trumps for us. So we've just got to make sure, um, yeah, each week we're just turning up competing and, and getting a win and then yeah we'll see what happens in, in September. If it is the last dance who's Michael Jordan, who's Scotty Pippen <laughs> who's Luke Longley <laughs> Surely Gutho rates himself as Jordan Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, Gutho or, or Mitch um, Oh yeah Mitch Yeah, yeah. yeah you'd have Dill Brown as well so um, that, those boys are obviously playing really really good football at the moment so um, yeah I, I'd probably put Mitch as as, as Michael, I reckon. Now, what we need, boys, a couple of times they win championships with a lesser name. So they, they Michael Jordan's about to steal the show. Who'd they go to? Alex Cecilia, you're across this. Yeah, so the first one was... Uh, the second one, the more famous one, is Steve Kerr. Yeah. The pastor Steve Kerr in the corner. And I'll get back to you in 91 because it's, it's escaped me. Yes. Maybe this year it'll be RCG under the post. That's it. <laughs> yes. That's <Hopefully>. it. <laughs> um, there you go. So listen... Um, it's a long way to go still, long way to go. What about my favourite player, the great Mike Acevo? When do we see him back in the Parramatta Colours? Um, he, he, he's, he's not too far off. Um, obviously, he's had a, an ACL injury. Um, I think it was either this week or last week that it marked the, the nine months um, you know, of, of the, the recovery uh, for him. So if it's not next week, then it's obviously going to be the week after. So... Um, yeah, he, he's very close. When they were scrambling for backs, did you put your hand up for a, <laughs> a run in the centres? Yeah, Brad Brad pretty much said, I might have to play uh, wings. <laughs> <laughs> Winger in. Winger in. Uh, um, how's young um, Arthur going? Is he going all right, Jake? Oh, 
Yeah, he's good, mate. Um, yeah, obviously copped a, a massive beating in the in the media, and um, that's something that you don't want to see from a, a young player. And obviously, um, you know, being a a young boy in a in a in a, in a tough role, and um, you know, I felt that uh, it was pretty um, you know pretty harsh on him, and um, and I feel bad because you know none of none of the critics come out of at our senior players, and um, yeah, you know, I was more than happy to. To take the criticism or myself and obviously our other senior boys uh, didn't stand up and, and play a good game and um, poor Jakey was the was the scapegoat on that one and um, yeah that was uh, something that we don't want to see ever again. So that's Arthur Junior. Tell us about Campbell Gillard Junior. A little one in the background. Bloody painy Arthur. What's his name? Uh, um, Harvey. Harvey. Is he number one? Yeah. He's number one. He's, yeah. uh, in every sense. Just going on, I think, five months now. and He's ready for a bottle. I'm just <laughs> Mate, I'll tell you one thing, and, and Adrian will probably uh, uh, be testament to this as well. It's good fun now with your first at five months, but I reckon, Regan, you'll, you'll remember this. When the young one turns eight months, that's when dad starts to get into the game. Did you find that, Adrian? I was in the game from the get-go. But yeah. No, but yeah. I mean, the, no, but they start to give you a bit back. Yeah, they start yeah. to acknowledge dad and... Yeah, yeah. Well, you can actually do stuff yeah, well, with them. He's, yeah. he's, at a, he's at a good age. He's at a good age at the moment, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. How's he going the baby Perth. charts? Is he tricky to stop 10 out? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he's huge. Yeah. He might be another, might be another front row of this kid. Yeah, very good, very good. Mate, well done. You took on the old firm, the Penrith Panthers. Uh, you got the cash and... Uh, uh, I get the sense you'll meet them a little bit later on in the year. And when you do, it's going to be some occasion. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, mate. There he is, uh, the great man, Regan Campbell-Gillard. Terrific form. Uh, I've got no doubt, like you two, that he will be uh, back in that representative jumper yep. as he was four years ago. The time's ready for him playing terrific football. And uh, Parramatta, uh, they can win the competition. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Timing's everything. You've knocked off Penrith at home. You knock off uh, the Melbourne Storm. There he is, the great Regan Campbell-Gillard. Plenty more still to come here. It is crunch time. All thanks to Ignite HQ, James the Missile Magnuson, Adrian Prezenko. I'm Joel Kane. A break and back with plenty more. Win a Hilux and Camper on 15 May and support your local footy club. Visit ignitehq.com.au. This is NRL Crunch Time. Hey, and support your local footy club. Visit ignitehq.com.au. This is NRL Crunch Time. Uh, yes, we'll get to last night's blockbuster very shortly. I believe Parramatta and Penrith played also. Um, one 1170 We'll talk about the Bulldogs and the Raiders. Text line. Uh, if Regan Campbell-Gillard plays Origin, who do you think is most at risk, Fanukin or Daniel Safidi? Thoughts, boys? Saifidi. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, think, I think Fanukin's been fantastic. And I actually spoke to Craig Fitzgibbon about him yesterday. And just not just what he brings on the field, but everything off it. Like, he just sets the standard at training, away from the field, professionalism. And Saifidi's just a, a victim of being in a team that's struggling. He's a terrific player, but you, mm. you couldn't pick him on current a, a third name that's probably at risk of missing this year, I reckon, is Jake Trebojevic. He's had a super quiet year. Yeah. I know he's good in the Origin Arena, but... I'm just not sure he kind of packs the punch that, that you need in that front row rotation these days. Um, good ball player, but we've got that in Isaiah Yo and Cam Murray's there as well for that. So I'd say he's probably at risk of missing as, as well. It's been evident too, the absence of Fanuka in the last couple of weeks. Um, but I, I, SEM asked us all to make our tips for the season. 
and I tipped the Sharks to make the grand final, which I stand by. And people were getting the slipper into me there. No chance to the Sharks. And that's gone very quiet, by the way, since <laughs> since then. But but the reason the reason you I say that... You also said South, so the value bet as well. Yeah. Just very no, 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 yeah. well, no, no, you're right. You're, no, you're 100% I'm right. I'm glad you brought that up, yeah. AJ. No, I, I, no, correct him, wouldn't I? Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, yes, I did have a look at the draw. I said, now's the time to strike for South. Uh, Hasn't that gone pear-shaped? Anyway... Any fools that, like myself, have followed you in on the back yeah. of those comments. No, so. just hold, hold, hold firm. Don't tear up the tab. So, no, what I said was, take the price now, and in 10 weeks, they won't be a bigger price. So, at this stage, I'm not wrong. Anyway, let's, let's, let's cherry-pick the ones I got right. So, yeah, so, with the Sharkies, my rationale was, you sign Fanuke and you sign McGuinness and those types of players, Hines. And it's not just about what they do. All ships rise with the tide. So if all of a sudden Jesse Ramian's presenting himself in the preseason like a Greek Adonis and everyone's all starting to push up, as Sonny Bill Williams did in 2013 with the Roosters, he turned up and you're getting 5% better out of every player. Ben so, Kennedy was like that. Ben Kennedy was yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So it's what they do, not just for themselves. So uh, to answer your question, I think Fanukin is safe as houses. Uh, AP, am I right in saying that the Eels' salary drama still hasn't been 100% resolved yet? Says Rooster Muzz. To the best of my knowledge, it's well and truly history. Yeah. Let's bring it so. back up as let's... a Bulldogs fan. <laughs> <laughs> let's get some controversy out there. Get some forensic accountants over down. at uh, Comeback Stadium. <laughs> uh, this one here. I've noticed in the NFL there is more of a beat writer type setup with each club. Do you think there is a possibility for this kind of journalism in the future for the rugby league? Well, I suppose... And you can answer this better, Adrian. It's it's you've got the media managers who are writing and filing stories on their own sites, and then you've got probably the closest thing we have to beat writers would be, you know, the journalists up very close to the Broncos in the more regional areas, perhaps in Canberra Newcastle. or Newcastle. Yeah, like guys at the the Canberra Times. I, I think that's when you've got to tread that very fine line all the time. So Barry Tui's one in Newcastle has done a tremendous job for decades, where he gives you an insight into what's happening at, at the team, but he's not that close to it that he doesn't criticise it if, yeah. if they're going poorly. So um, that's that's as close as we have, I think, in the NRL at the moment. I think so. And, and because, I mean, these teams in the NFL are representing a whole state, many of them, aren't they? So mm. that's why you get the beat riders. It's more the, the um, uh, fan sites, if you like, um, supporter sites. Like Some of them do have really good insights. Like Parramatta's got like the Cumberland Throw, where they, they've actually got someone who goes to training every single training session, and they write reports based on that without giving away trade secrets. So you get a bit of a, an insight into how the team's progressing, wow. the young That's guys cool. that are coming through. So, yeah. yeah. Are they subscribed to, or are they, are they just someone no, who do it can, for love? You, you can, they do it for love. No, I, might, they, I it, might go in there and troll them and start <laughs> coming, <laughs> <laughs> commenting yes. on their face. Uh, yes, keep them coming through. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Uh, G'day, Sugar Man and Miss. I'll just get straight to the topic of one of the greatest wins in the modern era. It did make a difference in the end, but Sutton needs to be dropped. That was a disgrace that missed knock-on, uh, Steve from Dubbo. The, um, the touch judge didn't uh, cover themselves in glory either, did they? Yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was a shocker. That's, that's up there with Howler of the Year in, was, in a huge game. And, and, was this in the first half? Because I was yeah. driving uh, and I, I saw Jonathan Thurston blowing up at half Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First half, kick out, kick out, drops the ball. He's got a tackler around his ankles, drops the ball cold, forward a metre. They say... Backwards, play yeah, play on and and Penrith score, Penrith score. Yeah, yeah, it was. You should have seen Kikau's face where he's given himself up as well. Yeah, yeah. So, they yeah. almost stopped playing. It was the most obvious call of the night, and they they missed it. Wow! And it's in front of a touch judge. 
probably no more than 10 metres from a touch judge. The ref's looking at it as well. It, it was a bizarre uh, set of circumstances. And if, if Parramatta had to have gone on to lose that game, that would have been huge. I, I don't see the utility in sacking touch judges and referees. No, and we saw no. Adam G was you know, over the Tupu thing. I don't think that did anyone any credit. I but, totally no, agree but, with that. But it was a howler. It was yeah. a howler, exactly. But players have howlers. Yep. And, mm, and yep. if James Tedesco has a howler of a game, Trent Robbins is not dropping James Tedesco. It's called no. human. It's called being human. See, for me, if Adam G was given the uh, Anzac Day clash, he's very well regarded, isn't he? Yep. As far as So how can you go from being able to officiate that to having the week off. I think it slams your confidence. For me, it's just like, get back on the bike. How about this? Send him to ju- judiciary. Grade one shocker. $1,000 yeah. fine. Yeah, there you go. There <laughs> you it comes go. out in the wash, though, because there was that, that try where Dylan Brown was obstructed, and you could make a case that, that potentially, I mean, he got to the he got stepped inside by Toa anyway. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah. you've, you've got to overcome that adversity either side in order to win. It, it just happens in close games. Text line 0457 736 736. Kegs at Daceville writes, great listening while stuck in the Sydney traffic on a Saturday. So it's quite busy there. Uh, thanks for your company, Kegs at Daceville. In the meantime, the Raiders 14 defeated the Canterbury Bulldogs 4. We're all waiting for the second half of the Bulldogs to climb over the top of them. But this is how it played out. In fact, we'll get that to the, a little bit later on. Jared Croker. Uh, now, Scotty Sattler was talking about this. So, Jared Croker was asked about, are uh, you looking forward to game 300? And Jared Croker said, look, to be honest with you, I'm just looking forward to getting past game 292. And as it turns out, it didn't happen. Dislocates his shoulder in a return. And he was having a fine game to Jared Croker. It was very, very sad, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think he brought where they've been missing a bit, which is a bit of stability in the back five there. Um, they've been... Pretty hot and cold, those back five for Canberra, but they got through a ton of work last night and got out of their own wind really well. Uh, Ricky Stewart, of course, uh, nice to get the win because it was reunion day. 40 years they've been in the competition now, the Canberra Raiders. He had all the, many of his old peers there watching on for the game. Pleased to get the win, but not so happy with some of the criticism of his team. Just to um, get a little bit of uh, happiness back in, uh, into our lives and help me give everybody... Upbeat, get to training and, and and start again. But we've been copping a lot of wax, and, and you know, I don't think there's a spawn in the competition has copped the wax that we've cop, copped over the last 12 months. You know, nobody wants to talk about that; they just want to criticise. There's been so much effort. There's been there's been uh, a lot of work put in. Um, and look, that's just one game. That's I'm not saying that, that turns everything around. But what it does turn around is we're going to have a nice weekend with all our old boys and enjoy one another's company. Oh, they'd be having a good time just now, I would have thought. All those old boys uh, mm. probably in a pub somewhere <laughs> uh, watching the races, having a few quiet beers, talking about the old stories. But, Adrian, Matt Frawley was a good story, given an opportunity wearing the number six at Jack White, and he was the big story that he was out, and he comes up with a man-of-the-match performance. Scored a try. What about that hit on uh, Pangai as yeah. well in, in mm. the end goal? Um, yeah, tremendous, tremendous performance. And, look... Sticky does have a point in so far as, you know, they lost Jamal Fogarty and, and Josh Hodgson very early, so there hasn't been any stability in their halves. But at the same time, any coach who loses five games in a row is going to cop criticism. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just... that's a weird one for mine. Like, oh, we've copped a lot of criticism. Uh, yeah, 
Michael Maguire and Luke Brooks say hello. Like, yeah. of course, if you're not performing... <laughs> Trent Barrett. Can, yeah, uh, yeah, you're going to cop criticism. I actually reckon Ricky and the Raiders get way less criticism than a lot of the other clubs. Um, there's obviously some connections there between him and, and, and members of the media. But, like, hello, you've got a great squad and you've lost five on the trot. Yeah. And some people were predicting them to, to have another tilt this year with the squad they had. And they're, they're cellar dwellers. So, of course, they're going to be getting criticism. Many, many people were bullish of a Canterbury victory. As a fan, were you oh, very confident? Super bullish. And I put my money where my mouth was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and came up with donuts. Look, for, for me, that's the most disappointing loss of the season for the Bulldogs because we've had this run of playing Melbourne, Penrith, Souths, like all back to back to back to back. Suddenly, we get a team that's, in my opinion, at our level, yeah. which is that lower half of the draw. And like I, I spoke to, to, to RCG just before, line speed, it's it's an attitude thing, right? And that's the thing that for me was really disappointing about the Bulldogs' performance. It was the attitude areas where that really let them down. Um, getting off the line, sticking in defence, hitting and sticking in defence. Uh, their back five couldn't make any metres out of their own half. And the ball handling was atrocious. They didn't even give themselves a chance to win that. So I, I think Bulldogs and I've, I've haven't really put the boot in all year, but I think they've got to start looking at in, internally at, A, what's going on with, with the coaching staff. Um, their attack's shocking. Um, their defence last night was less than desirable. Like, it was pretty poor. And then... Uh, what's doing with their fitness and their conditioning? Like the Raiders, they're dropping in and out of games. They can't maintain that line speed. And and as Regan Campbell-Gillard said before, that's it's something that comes naturally to him to get those first few steps and get up off the line. And if if you're a bottom team, one of the things you do have control over is effort. And I, I just didn't see the effort last night. I'll tell you who had a rough game. Brent, it wasn't Brent Naden's finest game. There, there was a kick that was going to go. It was on its way to Wagga. It, yeah. It, 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 mm. If that's probably not south of Canberra, so that's probably the wrong analogy. But it was flying. It was going to fly over the dead ball line. And Brent Naden, who was on the dead ball line, it was like he was saving Catches a four it. that the Viv Richards <laughs> was trying to. He, he cut it off. I was like, mate, just let it go. Um, wasn't a fine game. He'll be disappointed with that. Uh, scoring tries is an issue and points for 90 points in nine games, 10 points a game. Not really enough, is it? Yeah, and look, Naden, uh, I've, I've never seen a player look more out of place than Naden last night on the wing. We bought him as a centre. Yeah. Jake Avarillo, we've spent a whole year with Avarillo at halfback. He's our guy. He's our guy. Oh, maybe not a guy. Let's put him at centre. He looks shocking at centre. Um, some of the team selection choices for mine are just puzzling. Uh, I, I'd put Naden straight back in the centre. He's a big body. He's got an offload in him. On the wing, it looked like he was just out of room all night. He's getting these shocking balls where he's right on the touchline anyway. So what's he going to do? Um, yeah, uh, some of the, ch- the, the the team selections are starting to puzzle me. Adrian, who's your centre for New South Wales? Who's your number 14? For me, I'm sticking by Burton. The best we've seen of Burton this year is when he's running like a centre. He scored a try last night doing the same thing. Where do you land on that? I think Stephen Crichton. Yeah. Um, just, just in terms of you've got that Penrith connection, we know that um, you know, you're going to have Isaiah Yo, Cleary, Luai. The more club comp- combinations you, you have, the better you, you gel, particularly with a short preparation. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Pappenhausen coming on as a, as a 14. 
I just I, I don't see the point of so it. So you're I'm, in the camp. He's either starting fullback or he's, he's out. either starting fullback, and he's not going to be because yeah, James Tedesco is going to be the captain. Yeah, yeah. So so someone like a Nico Hines who can play several positions. I mean, it's it's not ridiculous to say that you know even a player like Jackson Hastings and, and he's not going to be I there clearly, but he mm, can cover nine centre. Uh, the halves, nine, he can play in the back row. You want someone like that? And, and yeah. again, you know, you just don't get enough out of a Pappenhausen if you've got Tedesco there in the number one. Fair call. Uh, have you say, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy eight hundred percent go. We have James the Missile Magnus and I'm Joel Kane. Plenty more still to come here on Crunch Time. A break and back with more. Uh, yes, gearing up for Saturday football. Time to gear up for this afternoon's football, all thanks to Dometic. Go on your next adventure, Dometic.com. Yeah, if you go camping uh, next time, you'll notice how many people have got the Dometics. They are, as Fletch would like to say, the Mickey Mouse or the mouse of the Michael variety. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy to have your say. You can also text 0457 736 736. Now, in Port Macquarie, St. Joseph's Regional, I'd go from English with Mrs Dunn, which happens to be your mother, James. I'd go to maths. And what you'd learn in maths is the big number with the little number on the top, if it was a two, it meant squared. If it was a three, it was cubed. Well, the Manly Seagulls today, it's a great story. It is Trebojevic cubed, isn't it? How do we expect the uh, Trebojevic boys to go? Well, they have to go well. Um, we've got uh, a situation with Josh Schuster's out a- again. And is he? Yes, yeah, he's, he's out. Who replaces and, um, him? Let me just bring up my app. And... Not not just that. Um, the the news it hasn't broken officially, but Kieran Foran is leaving that club. Yeah. So so he's oh, gone. Wow. For, he's going to the Titans. They offered him a two year deal. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with. I guess the emotion of that, him processing that, given that he's played all of his best football under Des, and when he's gone elsewhere, it hasn't worked out for the best. So do you know the price on that two year deal? I'm hearing fours. Okay. Each yep. year. Each year. Yep. Desperation dot com for the Titans. Do you like that signing or not? No. Well, they have to do something, don't mm. they? Like, they have fallen away badly this year. Like, Imagine the... letting Fogarty go to sign a like-for-like replacement in Foran a year later. Well, th- this bizarre. is the tricky one because Foran's best football has almost exclusively only been in the Manly jumper. Yeah. Yep. Is that a fair call or unfair? That, that's the point. Everywhere he's gone, yeah. you know, when Des hasn't been there with him, and, and yeah. with everything that he knows to playing with DCE, the whole structure, um, his life's always been in order when he's he's mm. been at Brookvale. So... Mm. Yeah, really, really difficult one. And it, I guess it's a headache less for uh, for Manly in that, you know, Josh Schuster was apparently promised that he would be the, the, yeah. the long-term number six. So that at least clears a pathway for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, has he got two more years in him? You'd the, say the, he's played a lot of football over the last couple of years after, after being has, out with yes. injury. Yeah, there, yeah. There's always been a bit going on off-field for Kieran Foran. Um is the Gold Coast the best location for well, someone that's prone to distractions? Like, for me, that's a weird signing. I think he's in a different stage of his life now where he's got a, a partner, he's got a lot of kids, he, he's become a bit of a homebody and he's he's okay. matured a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's gotten himself on the straight and narrow and, and he's actually playing reasonable football yeah, now. He is. He um, is. And you, you could, I don't know, if you're him, do you, do you just take the one year at Manly and just think, I'll, I'll prove by having another good year in a, in a system and a structure that I'm comfortable with, but yeah. he's obviously decided I'll take the I'll take the the money and the tenure while it's on the table. Well, he yeah. may see big things ahead for the Gold Coast Titans. Um, what do you know? Just talking about signings, he's on his own there. How much? <laughs> how much do you know about Ronald Volcom, this youngster yeah. from the Roosters who's going to the Warriors? I, I saw him trial at Campbelltown 
um, in a in a game against the Tigers, and he scored two tries. One was him from in a, a first grade trial. It, yeah, yeah. It was, one of them was a, a chip and chase, and the other I think was a length of the field job. Wow, like, he, he can play, and and the Warriors have just picked him up, uh, and that's part of the reason why Nickaroom is going to South, where they think we've got a good one uh, after Sean Johnson finishes up. So, do we see Ronald Vulcan play first grade this year? Potentially a game or two at the back end of this year. Otherwise, you know, I reckon he's a, you know, he may, whether he starts or not, he'll, he'll play first grade next year. Who are we seeing with this young Ronald? Who, who, like for the listeners who know nothing about Ronald Volcom, the Warriors fans, what, what player, if you're looking for a comparison, are you sort of, did you see playing that trial? Young, someone, young someone Milford. With, yeah, yeah, a young, like someone with speed, step, um, like, like plays football, like, like the, I guess the antithesis of a Jake Arthur, who's a, a very structured player, yes. if you like. Mm. This is someone who plays eyes up football. Yep. Um, you know, tries to involve their teammates. Try scorer. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, can, yeah. Can, can score a try, has speed, and, and backs himself. One of those guys with a, a goldfish, yes. where, where if they make a mistake, you know, you know mm. that they're going to keep trying, keep throwing. You know, almost Moylan's a bit like that to an extent yes. as well. Okay, there you He's go. He's got like so, that little pinballing, you know, Milford, early yep. Milford. Yep. That's that's how he looks. Oh, you've a seen a fair bit of him too, Joe. The same trial oh, as Adrian's right. talking about. He looked yep. like that young Milford, quick, agile, also a bit of a ball player. Bonafide first grader, based on what you saw? Oh, based off talent, yeah. 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 It's, it's well, probably going to come down to an attitude thing, right? And he didn't have a future at the Roosters with Walker nah. and, and Keary. Well, geez, he might also almost by the end of this year. They go, they I'll tell you what, um, my, my only concern, in fact, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll ask it with our guests, Matty White and Anthony Seabold standing by at Four Pines Park. G'day, gentlemen. Hello, boys. Good to ha- have your company from a glistening Four Pines Park, I've got to say that. Seebs and I are just soaking up the atmosphere as we're waiting for a pretty big crowd to roll in as well. What a glorious day, Seebs. It's outstanding, yeah. Great to see the crowd all around Brookie, wearing their manly gear. So uh, I walked across and uh, really get good atmosphere building here. You got the Speedos on down there, Matty. Quick duck across <laughs> to the beach after. <laughs> Missile, we know we leave them up to you. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> Still, yeah. Although Noddy's just walked in out of the back and I, I think he's probably sporting them as well. I think he's more a budgie smuggler than a Speedo. <laughs> he's got a singlet on. <laughs> uh, I have mentioned this before, gentlemen, and I'm not saying it because one of the men is on the line, but I, I'm convinced we haven't got the best 16 coaches in the competition and one who I believe is in the best 16 uh, coaches in the competition is the great Anthony Seabold. Seabes, I want to get your views on, we're talking about the Roosters, and I'm just wondering now whether we're starting to see why Cooper Cronk played in that grand final, despite not really running the ball, making tackles. He was there to be a game manager. Yes, Luke Keary looks like a halfback. He runs like a halfback at times, can pass like a halfback. But is he a game manager? That's the real question I have for the moment at the Roosters. Yeah, I, I'd agree, um, Joel. I think you know, one of the things that Cooper Cronk did so well, and it took a little time too. Remember back to 2018? I know there's been some sort of media commentary around this, but they were they were only uh, four wins from their first eight games back then, and they went on to win the premiership. But one of the things that Cooper Cronk did very well, and he, he does very well, he allows other players to play to their ability, if that makes sense. So he does organise the team. And I think if you look back to that uh, grand final in 2018, 
just him being on the field, as you said, got the, the roosters around the park. He did an exceptional job to hide himself in defence, but like he was the, the organiser and it was he enabled Luke Keary and James Tedesco on that particular occasion to play their best footy and, and Keary had an outstanding game that night. I think at the moment, you know, both those halfbacks probably haven't been organisers in their um, in their careers. You know, certainly Luke Keary played at six at the Rabbitohs as well and, and Reynolds is such a good organiser there. So I think that's what they're still building towards, Joel. I think, you know, making mm. sure that one of those guys sort of take hold of that team and, and get them around the park. Not dissimilar to what Jackson Hastings has done for Luke Brooks over the last three weeks. Can you get there by the end of the year, Siebes, or is it something that you grow up with being that game manager? Well, I think Sam Walker, he's an exceptionally smart young player. He knows footy very, very well. But like he's, his ability, from, from you know, my experience watching him, is you know, his ability is to take the line on. Um, he's got a brilliant sort of cutout pass or loop pass to, to wingers when he sees um, opposition um, centres and wingers jamming. So he's, you know, he's going to grow as he gets, um, I suppose, towards 50 and 100 games. And he's right at the very beginning of his career. And I'd imagine that Luke Keery has got to take that toll or that, that role, rather, to get the team around the park at the moment so um hate using the word clunky but that's yeah. what they've sort of been in those early rounds Seebs, adrian presenko just just on that a walker and keary too similar is it sort of rather than yin and yang we got two yangs there in some ways they are adrian i think you know both if you think about their strengths both of them are very good playing short side so if you look at the way that the Roosters structure their team. Victor Radley gets his hands on the ball quite a bit. And what that enables Keary or Walker to do is sit on that short side and have a look at if the defending team leaves three defenders or four defenders. Now, when they leave three, they take it. They're very good at looking up and, and, and reading numbers. But often they're at the back of Victor Radley. And again, like I've always liked ball players or the best ball players to get their hands on the footy a little bit more. So I think at some stage, you may see Keary or, or Walker um, dominate that first receiver position a little bit more. But... Um, um, yeah, you're probably right, Adrian. I think they do, you know, they're very, very similar. They're both very good players. They're talented players, we know that. But it just looks like the team's crying out for someone to really get the, get the team around the park. Hey, Whitey, uh, you got this opportunity today. Uh, I remember the Paynes. I think the, the Payne family, when it come to race sourcing, they, they, they may have uh, won uh, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth in a particular race. What chance are you of calling every Trebojevich having scored a try? <laughs> well, am I a chance of calling Jake onto Ben onto Tom? Yeah. Or, or am yeah. I a chance of calling Tom onto Ben onto Jake or, or the other way around? It's quite a storyline, isn't it, for, for these three um, from the same family to run out together for the first time side by side by side. And I was reading this morning that Tom was, you know, just going to say to Ben, look, you deserve to be here. You're just 20 years of age, but you've done all the hard work. You deserve to be in this run-on side. So um, I, I just wonder how much that takes the nerves away and then obviously looking around and seeing both brothers alongside you. We we know that there's going to be a lot of pressure on Tom and he's come back and we know that everybody will be sweating on every single fall and every grimace that you get with Tommy Turbo. But you just got to feel for young Ben. But I, I think he's going to be in safe hands here today. It's one of the great storylines, Sugar, isn't it? And then yeah. you look across and you see Jackson Hastings in the number seven jersey for the West Tigers and that partnership now that he's got going with Luke Brooks and just listening to Sieves talk about Kiri and Walker and how this one's going to play out. But so much history here that builds up in the week leading to this match. I think it's going to be a ripping, ripping game of footy this hour. And, boys, you got the call. Uh, looking forward to that on NRL Nation, kicking off at 2 o'clock, the coverage, the call at 3 o'clock. Uh, we look forward to that. Um, so uh, just... Just before, I'm going to let you go. The reason I'm going to let you go because I've been in that situation too many times, the little pokey box at Brookvale. Uh, you're looking at the clock. You're on air. You're saying, come on, boys, let me go because I'm staring at a hot pie that I need to smash before 2 o'clock. <laughs> Gentlemen, have a good call. We look forward to hearing it.
<laughs> Thanks, fellas. Good on you, gents. There they are. Uh, Whitey and Brett Kamal is going to join the team as well as Anthony Seabold. So looking forward to that. And uh, that is all thanks to Dometic. Uh, this afternoon's football, thanks to Dometic. We're looking forward to that. Make your next adventure effortless with the Dometic Go Collection. Just pack, stack, and go. A break and back with more. Yeah, thanks for having me back. What a win from the Crunch Time team. A $15 same-game multi Rabbitohs versus Broncos. How good that's the Crunch Time team are having a win as well. Yeah, that's actually a, it's a really good one because... Everyone thought that South Sydney would have too much for the Brisbane Broncos, but I think everyone, Josh, underestimated the return of Adam Reynolds, who missed their first-round clash. Um, So one, to get Brisbane uh, in the head-to-head, and then to get Adam Reynolds at any time try score. He doesn't score a lot of tries, so it's a a good prediction to end up getting that one, paying $15. So there's a a few that copied that bet as well and and, uh, read the rewards. Yeah, that's right. That's the best thing about Dabble is, you know, you've got your followers. Crunch time is past 200 now. Uh, so whenever you crunch time they're puts amateur. up a bet. They're amateur. Hey, yeah, well, compared to you, I know, you're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> How many are you on that? I was about 300 now, I think. So I can, I can, um, yeah, I can hang as much crap on, on them as I want. But what I've got to do is I've got to start coming out with some wins for the, uh, for the Dabblers, yeah. which the last couple of weeks have been a little bit lean. Well, that's all right, because I know that you follow a few other dabblers like Gorilla Betts, and I don't know if you saw yep. yesterday, a massive day. He hit a $400 trifecta, and he also hit a $270 trifecta, and over 400 people copied those bets. So that is yeah. huge. So a lot of the dabble community having a win, uh, and I know you like to follow him too. Yeah, I, I do follow and copy a lot of his bets. Uh, also, I saw the dabble ambassador, Tommy Sheridan, and what he got a nine from nine in the AFL multi last week as well, which paid yeah. $70. That was huge. Yeah, that's it. That's the best thing about it. It's like social media meets betting, uh, except you won't get any of the political spin that's going on very much over that. But let's have a look at the crunch time team today. Uh, Manly over six and a half, over six and a half for the Roosters, and the Cowboys by over 12 points. What do you think about that one, Seth? I don't mind it, actually, because uh, I've replicated it a little bit, but probably I've stretched the margins a little bit more with the Manly and the, the Sydney Roosters game. That game is in Mackay, the Sydney Roosters versus Titans game. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out. I've gone for Manly to beat the West Tigers by more than 12. Um, I've yep. got the Roosters to win. Daniel Tupo, anytime try scorer. James Tedesco, anytime try scorer. I've got North Queensland... Uh, to beat the Newcastle Knights by 12 or more. And you know I love my boxing. And big fight this week, um, <laughs> it's Canelo Alvarez, the red-headed Mexican up against the Russian, Dmitry Bivol. And I've got Canelo Alvarez winning that by points over 12 rounds. I mean, how good is Canelo? It's amazing to watch him. One of the best boxers we'll ever see, I reckon. And the, I like that tip there. Uh, the best thing to do is download the Dabble app stats. All you have to do, download it. You can follow Stats13. You can follow Crunch Time NRL. And just click the copy bet button, and you've got that same bet as well. So go on, have a dabble. Dabble socially, gamble responsibly, and stats until next week. See you, Joshy.
Enjoying Crunch Time banter? Check out Dabble Banter channels and copy Crunch Time bets. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yeah, and don't forget Crunch Time is on Sunday all year in 2022. We've got uh, Jaleesa Rapp, Stevie O'Keefe, and you're backing up. You're like Terry Lamb. Uh, James Magnuson will be back tomorrow. <laughs> We've got NRL Nation not too far away. The Seagulls take on the Tigers. Whitey with the call. Brett Kamali and Anthony Seabold. That followed by Host Plus Cup. North Queensland Capras take you on the Northern Pride. Outstanding debut today, Adrian, I must be said. Thank you uh, very Well much. done. You've enjoyed it? Absolutely. I'll, I'll be back anytime you want me. And then you're on the tools today for Sydney Morning Herald after this. Yeah, we've got a bit of Roosters Titans action. So, um, yeah, we'll see if um, if Seabulls was right and, and they yep. can get it all, all sorted and then doubling up into Mother's Day tomorrow. Beautiful. Excellent. Seal, well done to you. Just before we go, you've got a little Ivan Cleary or a Nathan Cleary, a.k.a. a theory. Yep, here we go for the punters out there. So Matty John said this, two night games into a day game. Once that team plays a day game, they generally pile on the points. So that, that theory works for two teams this week, Manly and uh, Cronulla. So I've got both of them 13 plus. Multi that up. It'll get you just over $3. Okay, Tip well, of the week. Hopefully a half right come tomorrow for crunch time. <laughs> uh, there we go. There he is, the great missile, Magnuson. Adrian Paseko on fire. Alex Asil. I'm Joel Kane. Stay with us right here. NRL Nation after this. Whitey Kamali and Anthony Seabold. We'll catch you next time. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.